0: You're listening to I Got That One.
1: Presented by Tom and So we've been spreading lies and misinformation on I Got That One.
0: Have we now? Yes. <laughs> Please, um, <laughs> elaborate.
1: We'll get to it later. Ooh, the suspense.
0: I'm, I'm full of suspense because I've just been <laughs> accused of... Um, <laughs> Spreading libel and slander.
1: I know, I know, it's very bad, but we will get to it. So, this match between Imperial and Emmanuel Cambridge was exciting to say uh-huh. the least. It was a good match.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: Are you? Do you want me to get to the? No, well, I can't. Like, cause because there is a, a flow
0: of. There, there is an order to this, sequence to this. To this madness. Okay, fine. So we have to start. Okay, I'll try to not overthink what you just said. Okay, so. Anyway, yes, uh, we're finally into the semi-finals. And as predicted, it was a real fun match. And for a while, it was looking like it was going to be much closer than it turned out to be. And I have to say that uh, before we get into the performances, I think we've been proven right in that Emmanuel are a good team and that they've definitely had massive improvements in their performance. Absolutely. But unfortunately, Imperial are just a juggernaut of a team.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think so.
0: And so... um, yeah, I think this was the uh, the result we were expecting. But there were moments where, oh, maybe not, maybe yeah, not. Yeah,
1: I think especially in the first five minutes, um, Emmanuel had a fantastic start. Yeah, I thought. Um, very, very gro- very, very good showing by um, the team on the Shakespeare and the language bonuses Absolutely, yeah. that came in early. Uh, Pullinger and Rathel, um especially, um, mm. really, really shining on those bonuses. And then Malcolm and Thate with the starters.
0: For sure. So yeah. I think
1: the entire Emmanuel team really pushed through and contributed in the first several minutes, but I think they were just unable to sustain that.
0: Yeah, I think it's just once Imperial get warmed up, it's impossible to get a buzz in edgeway sometimes. Yeah. Unless they're well and truly stunned. So let's talk about the... The performances um, yeah. we'll briefly talk about Emmanuel because unfortunately we do have to say goodbye to them but yeah, I they've really come enjoy so far them, yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, they have been an absolute delight to watch the yeah, entire way and through what
1: we've been saying is that they have improved uh, time and again yeah. and I think this was really um, their their best performance mm-hmm. in many ways right? so it was well into the semi-finals um, and I think every single one of them really shone so I think it was a um, great performance unfortunately not to be yeah. but I think they should be really really proud of how far they've come, how much they've improved.
0: I mean, considering they're one of the youngest teams in uh, the competition, yeah. you know, they're even younger than the Imperial team because mm. they were average age of 21, mm-hmm. they, they did very, very well, beating yeah. out some real mature teams and, you know, proving that they're more than just a pretty face.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, no, absolutely well done. And I think that uh, they could hold their heads high as they cheer on um, Imperial in the final. hmm because, yeah, I feel like Imperial are currently the favourites.
1: Yeah, and I think to be sent home by a team like Imperial, I think you can be happy
0: about that. When you look at uh, you know their run, considering that, you know, Emmanuel and Imperial have both scored over 800 points during their run. Yeah. But Imperial did it over the course of four games. That's yeah, 200 so points to... plus per match on yeah, average. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Whereas Emmanuel got equivalent over six games. Yeah. And remember the last time we watched them, they had a very low score because mm-hmm. it was a very tough match. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes the stats do tell um, what is going to happen. Um, But as we said, very well done. And we were rooting for them, I think, because we love an underdog story.
1: Yeah. And as the stats will show later, their bonuses were actually very, very good.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I, I'm in hot anticipation of what uh, <laughs> what this lie was. Anyway, so, let's talk about the Imperial team. And I have to say, um, I can't see any team being able to uh, beat, beat them. them.
1: Yeah, I think every single one of them brings something to the table. Absolutely. And they work together so well, too. I think Edinburgh kind of has that energy. Reading, not so much. Remember, so,
0: Reading have lost to Imperial before yeah, during the quarterfinals. yeah. yeah so that's the thing I think that um, it's a real toss up for next week between Edinburgh (laughs) and Reading yeah either team could go through because they both are very strong teams with their own particular style of play Mm mhm We'll just have to wait and see what happens Uh, but we'll talk about that later. But either team it's just everything about Imperial even when you know sometimes they go through a streak of not having the best bonuses. Mm -hmm. They're just so consistently strong on their buzzer game. And it's just whenever there's even a remotely geographical question you might as well not (laughs) even play because uh, Max is just going to swoop in there and uh, snap it up.
1: Yeah and I think when it comes to bonuses as well as we'll see in stats corner um, not not terrific but I think still well within the range that we're seeing um, among the winning teams so I think solidly in there yeah I
0: mean if you get above 50% on average then you are often in the right wheelhouse yeah it's often when we get to the high 60s that we start saying sorry the high 50s low 60s that we start saying okay this is a team to watch absolutely and to look out for yeah but I mean obviously a lot of people talk about how amazing Max is oh you know, he buzzes in so quickly he's yeah. Knowledge geography is added as well. He's also got very strong uh, stem knowledge, but also I have to say Fatima has been really impressing me.
1: Yeah, but well, before we get to that, let me address the misconceptions, or rather, the misinformation that we have been spreading on. I got that one. Okay. So something that I like to I like to say, coming from Singapore as well, is that um, because of the kind of rote learning education system, that ah, we had, I see. Okay.
0: Um, that
1: that was probably. <sighs> I
0: thought I had said something and I was really concerned. Well, I
1: mean, we both did. But anyway... I just agree with you, okay? (laughs) But Max actually wrote to us to say that um, it's not actually through rote memorization that he's been able to um, gather such immense knowledge of geography, Mm -hmm. but rather what he says is that um, it's about the relationships between geography and history and just having an interest in these subjects from a very young age and spending a lot of time just um, looking at maps and understanding them and um, that's really how he's been so good at this subject it's not just about cramming information but about just developing that knowledge over time and looking at the relationships between places people names so basically um, it's just yeah. going
0: down wikipedia rabbit hole so you open up one uh, article because you're interested and you click on one blue link and the next blue link and before yeah. you know it you have this long interconnected line of uh, subjects, which all kind of mesh together in your head. Yeah,
1: which is actually a really good story for societies that do promote rote learning mm-hmm. or encourage rote learning. That you know, you can become uh, or you can master a subject without doing that. And in, in fact, it's actually a lot more important to um, to understand some of these subjects at a deeper level, to understand how certain events played out in part, certain parts of the world. And yeah, I think, you know, when you understand the stories behind names and places and figures, it it sticks in your mind a lot more rather than just kind of going through a list. So I think that was an important message.
0: Yeah, no, it's the same with everything you learn, you know. So, for example, with coding, because this is something that I've been working on during my master's. You could just learn what every single function does within a programming language and just say, I know what this does but you won't really get to understand what the code is like unless you really start to kind of work through it and you learn different things what different packages do the yeah. way the interactions yeah. yeah the fun extra stuff you could do when you use something and not quite the way it was designed yeah. but it interacts in a different way
1: absolutely and that's
0: when you get a deeper understanding and you still learn how it works but because you understand kind of the methodology behind it and maybe the kind of systems-based learning yeah you can transfer it to the next uh programming language you learn and you start seeing kind absolutely. of the, the logical
1: kind of through lines yeah.
0: yeah same with learning history it's well and good to just learn dates but that's not going to get you very far if you start learning stuff about you know the pressures of uh, different societal movements and kind of like you know the interconnectivity of different spheres of influence as well as you know from a bottom-up approach you really start getting to yeah Understand not just what the big happened.
1: Picture, you should to understand the place that people had in, in writing these stories and their place in history.
0: Absolutely. And you can export that into any other system. Yeah. You could use that as an understanding of how a business works. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, because
0: yeah. if you understand that everything is a complex uh, machine with many intermoving parts and you take one thing out, everything kind of has to change to kind of uh, attribute yeah. it to it. That's the same with everything in society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is a very good way of learning and we should definitely move as a global society away from rote learning.
1: Absolutely. Completely agreed. And we could go on about this forever and ever. Maybe this could be a special episode that we do in the summer. Yeah, we might do. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we were also talking about Sharif Yes. and the incredible kind of knowledge that she brings, the breadth of knowledge that she brings, especially about, I think, media and literature um, and film. I think that's really been uh, impressive to watch as well.
0: No, it's fantastic. And also, I love it when uh, it's very clear that it's on the tip of her tongue and then just <laughs> You know she uh, just misremembers something or doesn't quite get the memory back I've been yeah. in that position so many so times, many times yeah. especially actually when it comes to movies as well because yeah. you've seen the poster once or you watched it once a long time ago mm. and you know it's there it's in your brain but you just can't access it because the you know do not break glasses is slightly too <laughs> tough for the knowledge hammer to break through yeah,
1: yeah happens to the rest of us
0: exactly and of course you know the duo that is uh, Maze and Jackson yeah. I mean they just work together so well yeah. the way they gaze lovingly into each other's <laughs> eyes when Conferring is truly as wonderful.
1: Twitter seems to have a hang up about, but yeah.
0: Hey, you know, uh, you can read a lot of fan fiction uh, elements <laughs> okay. into a lot of stuff in uh, life, yeah as we'll explain when we get on to the questions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the first thing I want to talk about in terms of questions is. I loved that the first picture and was about uh, Dante's Inferno. Yeah,
1: that was fun. That was one of the questions that I had as well. So it's mythological figures in Dante's Inferno, but in the original Latin? Italian. Italian, (laughs) right, okay. It was written in the 13th century. Okay.
0: No, what I love about it is that uh, a lot of people argue online. Mm that uh, Dante Inferno is the first ever example of author insert fan fiction.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Because it
0: is just Dante going through hell and meeting people and talking to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, every 14-year-old girl who inserted herself into a Harry Potter fan fiction <laughs> so that Harry Or, you know creating a new kind of uh, original character to do all the chosen yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's
1: called a self-insert. And I, I see how you segwayed with the fan fiction there.
0: Yeah, see, I'm very good clever. at this stuff. It yeah, you know, only good. takes a couple of years of doing this uh, <laughs> to understand how the flow goes.
1: Yeah, I also liked uh, one of the first questions about academic titles that use Shakespeare quotes. That was really, a good one too, It yeah. <laughs> really goes to show how academics like to add some flair to their otherwise boring, <laughs> I mean, drab work.
0: <laughs> Look, All academics are nerds. (laughs) And before you had stuff like video games to be nerdy about, you had literature and then Shakespeare plays. So, of course, you'd make a Shakespeare reference when you're writing about cannibalism.
1: Yeah, I've seen so much of these, to be honest.
0: Yes, as anyone who spent any time in higher learning, you start to learn certain weird uh, quirks that a lot of academics have. Yeah, It's once you start, you know, criticising someone's writing style that you've been in academia slightly (laughs) too long. Ooh, the things I could say about some historians. Mm. Anyway other than that I really enjoyed the round on uh, game theory from uh, George Conway oh yeah
1: that's true I like because
0: that it's just interesting how many uh, kind of the rules we use when we develop games these days yeah. have their you can trace it back to uh, a lot of Conway's theories. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. And how then it goes on to inform plenty of other things as well, in
0: economics and other subjects. Yeah, no, mathematics is uh, really... I've seen some people argue it's the purest form of philosophy because Mm, it is just pure abstraction. Yeah, yeah. And you can apply it to almost every aspect of life. And, you know, as someone who's not the biggest fan of mathematics, you might be slightly defensive about that. But, you know, if you take out the algebra stuff, there's actually a bit of beauty to yeah, some for sure. basic I mean, formula. I've
1: seen mathematics being linked to or being talked about in terms of beauty and perfection. And, oh yeah, the know, golden so, ratio is yeah. Yeah,
0: the perfect example of that, absolutely. Yeah,
1: amazing. Yeah. Um, I also liked one of the picture rounds. Um, so the winners of, I think it was called Innovation and Inclusion or, or inclusive design in architecture ah yes I thought that was pretty cool because when we look at all these types of public spaces mm-hmm. um, to think of them being designed uh, with inclusiveness in mind I think that's something we need more of in big cities
0: it is exceedingly rare because often a lot of architects especially old established architects they yeah. want to do what is their defining vision and often uh, they, think, or they think of form they think of look at these beautiful elegant flowing lines yeah. but they don't like to think about where do the bathrooms go or <laughs> how does someone who is in a wheelchair access uh, floors yeah, if you've not designed people, an elevator
1: can people rest um you know in the vicinity can they sit down with their family to have a drink you know
0: yeah i mean a glaring example of this is at my own university on yeah. uh, the campus mm-hmm. beautiful new campus it looks top of the line gorgeous the toilets are in the basement okay. for a five-story building. Yeah, yeah, for everyone. Mm. It's just mind-boggling how mm. that was such a design oversight. I Ironically, it also was the School of Architecture that this campus <laughs> was. Very ironic. <laughs> Indeed, very ironic. Yeah. And also, I quite like the one about 1930s Chinese history. Yeah. Because um, this is something which I feel like people don't fully understand, that when we talk about, for example, the Second World War, mm-hmm. well, very specifically the Second World War, it actually, if you think about it, started in the 30s with the Japanese invasion of China. Sure, yeah. Because, you know, Japan was an access power mm-hmm. and... A lot of what kind of started the ball rolling in terms of world tension was what they were doing. It was, you know, the um, Marco Polo Bridge incidents mm. um, uh, that got them to walk out of the League of Nations. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And that, you know, completely defanged that organization, which meant that they had no look to stand on when it came to Hitler's um, yeah, yeah. kind of aggressive expansion in Europe. Mm-hmm. So it's all interconnected. It
1: is completely going back to our point.
0: Yes, absolutely. Mm. It was just nice. And also, that was another one where uh, Max kind of uh, (laughs) flexes memory muscles a little bit more.
1: Yeah, that was really cool. I think especially when um, the history and geography questions kind of go together. Yeah. I think that's incredible.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are there any other questions you want to talk about? Or shall we move on? Uh, No, I think that's
1: about it. I think it's time to move into some... Hang on,
0: one more. I really like the one about Curly scripts. Curly scripts yes okay because you know oh, there yeah. are there are a lot of alphabets that we just don't really think about yeah. for example you know uh georgian and armenian are two very distinct uh, yes. scripts yes but they look quite similar but they're mm. both really really old alphabets with their own rich uh, cultural history yeah and you know stuff, stuff like ahamric as well uh, uh burmese oh yeah they're all you know these you know, beautiful flowing scripts that um because they're not widely spoken outside of the country that they're in.
1: Uh, tend to be assumed to be similar, more yeah. similar than they are.
0: Exactly. I mean, how often have people gone to Southeast Asia and confused, you know, Thai script with Lao, yeah. with Thai? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes, I think that is it from me.
1: Okay, so moving into some stats courtesy of UC stats. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so in terms of starter questions, obviously Imperial got more, 10 out of 15. That's pretty um, good. So Imperial got as many starters correct. As Emmanuel uh, were given in total. Sure. So Emmanuel got 4 out of 10. Oof. Yeah, and then in terms of bonus questions, Imperial 15 out of 30.
0: So 50%.
1: Yeah, and then Emmanuel 7 out of 12. So actually, um, Emmanuel managed to get close to 60% of their bonuses correct, which is actually one of the strongest bonus performances we have seen so far in this series, I think.
0: I think that says a lot about uh, just how tough the bonuses have been this time round. Yeah, think, and for them
1: to for them to have gotten almost sixty percent at this late stage, I think is incredible.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think this is really a case where um, Imperial's aggressive buzzer style won them the round because yeah. I think that if they were maybe slightly slower with it mm. and Emmanuel had a chance to get a few more buzzers in, yeah, this might have been Emmanuel's game. Yeah, because, but then again, you, yeah. you
1: as a team, you have to do both. Absolutely, you so, can't
0: you can't have one the other you can't and also it's very risky to go for the bonus kind of uh, style because yeah. if you don't buzz in you'll get your bonuses
1: yeah but then if you're good enough at your bonuses I, i'm sorry if you're good enough at your starters then i guess you you don't have to be as strong with the bonus obviously it's good if you can do both but yeah because i think Imperial's so so far ahead of, of everyone else in terms of their starters i think it just brings the the whole um score up
0: absolutely um but You know, those uh, stats, uh, I think, kind of tell the story that we've kind of come to expect and see from the season so far. Yeah. It does feel quite different from previous season, where I feel like we had some teams who were really, really strong in their bonuses. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like the Warwick team last uh, season consistently got almost 60% in every bonus round. Yeah, they, were, really they round, were a very good
1: team.
0: Unless it came to uh, stuff like um, <laughs> Rising Star winners for the BAFTAs. <laughs> 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 that was a complete wash for them.
1: Yeah, but well, they they did manage to do very well in a fashion round once.
0: That was impressive. So, yeah. uh, I, I still would like to know from Rao how he knew all of these uh, <laughs> fashion names. Uh, that was great. Yeah, great well, fun. Just shows you shouldn't assume anything from someone's appearance. I know. Speaking of appearances, oh. we now need to talk about the best dressed.
1: Well, this one was hard. It because, was. Because uh, there were lots of... Good fashion um, about. Yeah. So it was a difficult
0: decision. It was. So, so
1: what did the Twitter Once uh, again, we
0: did a uh, Twitter poll. And it's interesting. Um, it was really tight for for a long time. But now the runaway winner is uh, Fatima.
1: Ah, uh-huh, amazing. And I kind of have to agree. Yeah, I thought her kind of red, shiny red hijab was really, really beautiful. And then paired with this kind of dark red floral print um, top. Really, really cool.
0: Yeah, what I really like about her is that her style um, is eclectic. Sometimes it's really kind of, you know, sleek and sharp and elegant. And sometimes it's, you know, an orange jumper with dungarees. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, I love that someone can just, you know, have so, you know, just such a range in their yeah, styles. Yeah, well, I think
1: it's definitely ratcheting up, uh, you know, the semi-finals. I can't wait to see what she's got on for the yeah. finals.
0: Although we all, of course, have to give, uh, you know... Uh, Special mentions to both Belanger and Malcolm yeah, because they, they have great. consistently been pu- been pulling out amazing looks the I entire know, competition. I know,
1: constantly slaying.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and you know,
1: and then special mention to Tate as well. That was a really cool kind of hoodie that he had on.
0: Yeah, I mean, normally we're quite harsh when it comes to hoodies, but it was such <laughs> a cool hoodie with a very yeah, distinct know, style. Right. It's like it kind of stuck out a little bit. You I know? know
1: it did. It
0: did, but. I think everyone really did dress up this mm-hmm. time round. I mm-hmm. think everyone kind of knew because we're getting into the semi-finals; yeah. they need to put in a bit more effort.
1: Look, <laughs> I don't know if they even think about those things. Who but... knows?
0: I don't know. But, yeah, even the Zeng, yeah, he was only wearing a t-shirt, but it was a really <laughs> cool uh, graphic. So, yeah. and I think it was <laughs> Props to
1: everyone. yeah, it
0: looked like it was uh, geography based. So you know, mm-hmm. points all around in my yeah, book. I think yeah. so. I think that is it. I am really looking forward to this final I now.
1: I know, I know. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, and also, important to note, this is the first time in history n- in nine years oh. that we've had no Oxbridge team in the final because mm. um, Emmanuel were the very last one uh, to go to the semis because yeah. St. John's were knocked out in the so quarters. So it's going to
1: be Edinburgh Reading next week. I don't know. I don't know who might uh, take it home, but we'll see.
0: Indeed. Uh, if you have any insights, uh, please yeah. do uh, let us know. You can either uh, tweet at us at our uh, handle I got, I got that one uh, the specific one is I got that one too <laughs> capitalize all the separate words
1: I can even drop us an email at IGTO podcast dot gmail.com thanks <laughs> to everyone who has been sending us messages tweets emails um, it's always fun to hear absolutely them.
0: and also thank you especially to Max for uh, sending the record straight about um, <laughs>
1: our misinformation
0: yes uh, we apologize for making assumptions well Yvonne apologizes for making assumptions <laughs> based on her experience from uh, the education system Yes, I mean, it was a trauma-based response. So, you know, how how much can you blame her, really? <laughs> I'm not going to go down this road. All
1: right, so until next time...
0: It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.